Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 94 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I am one of your hosts, Colin Colhoven, joined by a solo member tonight in Quadman, a.k.a. The Great Negotiator, a.k.a. Magic the Gathering's youngest up-and-comer, a.k.a. Daryl Fuimano. How you doing, sir? <laughs> what was the second one? I, I, I got lost in all that. The Great Negotiator? The Great Negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is this coming from? I got no idea, to be honest with you. I just I wrote down some things that sounded cool after one another. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's just, I like how it sounds. You know, but you do you do negotiate on the table for magic. Maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe I don't know, man. I'm more of the uh, working behind the scenes. I'm kind of just scheming, seeing what everyone else is doing before I make my moves. That that is very true. I feel like you typically act like one or two turns later than everyone else, which is pretty smart. Because then we blow all of our shit on each other. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, here you go. I'm, I'm ready to kick some ass. <laughs> true that, true that. But, you know, to answer your question, I'm doing very well. Happy to be here. Uh, you know, it's always good to catch up and see how, you know, things are. And talk about games, you know. 100%. I agree. I was telling you before we were recording that it's a very hard work day today. And so I am excited to get a break from that and enjoy some discussion around video games. Now, we are not joined by Slugger today. I think this is actually the first time it's a Just You and Me episode, by the way. I don't think we've done one. I think it is the first. Uh, it's usually me who's missing episodes because I'm Indiana Jones and then just traveling the world. Oh, but yeah, this is our first time. I'm going to have to use those for your next intro. <laughs> Indiana Jones's protege. <laughs> but yeah, no, Slugger is on a vacation right now. He's visiting family back home from what I understand. I'm not sure if he's still doing that today or if it's an add-on to the trip, but that was certainly the bulk of the trip. So we hope that he's having a fantastic time, and we hope that you all enjoy the episode with just the two of us. It's going to be a fun one. We've got some good things in store. We're going to talk about what we've been playing. We've got some Patreon questions, some Platinum shoutouts, of course. But first, Daryl, it is a great day today because new Resident Evil content has graced us. Shadow dropped a week ago. Or I guess not Shadow dropped. Shadow announced a week ago at a PlayStation press conference or games conference. Uh, State of play. That's what they're called. Excuse me. And it was announced and came out a week later. We finally have separate ways for Resident Evil 4 Remake. This is the DLC that was, of course, included in the PlayStation 2 version of the game when it came to PS2, not originally included with the GameCube version of the game, which is where the game first came out. So we knew this was coming for a long time, and you and I pulled up the trophies just a little bit ago before we started recording. So I am curious, just sort of your initial thoughts on these trophies and how you're feeling about going back and spending even more time with Resident Evil 4 Remake. I mean, it'll be cool to get back into it. I mean, I wish I had a little bit more time, you know, in between before I went back to it. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. I mean, like you said, we all knew it was coming at some point. And... I'm kind of excited about this DLC because I had never played it back when 
you know, th- this came out on the older uh, consoles, so mm-hmm. I get my chance to finally play separate ways. And looking at the trophy list, it doesn't really scare me. Like, I feel like it's a pretty, like, simple list minus one trophy. I guess you, you'll kind of uh, elaborate <laughs> on that part yeah, sure. uh, for the audience. But I, I, I was really, like, like, super, like, just relieved that there is no trophies tied to like mercenaries. I know that they have that mercenaries content, which, you know, is free. And I was like very worrisome about like trophies being tied to that. But thank goodness I don't see any trophies tied to mercenaries, which is cool because I just want to enjoy the DLC. And just like as soon as I finish this, I am done. Yep. Very good call out on the mercenaries trophies as well because. Resident Evil Village did have a mercenaries mode, of course, but that that DLC that it came for that, Shadows of Rose, I think it's called, did require you to play some more mercenaries, which I think is part of the reason I've held off on going back to that and 100%ing it, because, which I will do at some point, but it's like, I really am just, I'm not there for the mercenaries mode. I think we're aligned in that. And yeah, to touch on that trophy you alluded to, there is one trophy in the DLC list that is a bit more annoying than the others. Now, there are no miscellaneous trophies in this list, so the cool thing about that is you just basically beat the campaign or beat the DLC, and you'll get all of the three boss fight trophies out of the way. I'm not going to name the names of the bosses because I don't want to spoil it for folks who have not played separate ways before. But other than that, you need to beat the game on standard mode for a trophy. That's a bronze. you got to beat the game on hardcore mode, which is a bronze you got to beat the game on professional mode, which is a silver. But here's the fun one. Ada the S plus PY, so Ada the Spy with S plus in there is the name of the trophy. It's a gold trophy to complete separate ways on professional mode with an S plus rank. (laughs) So curious to get your thoughts on this one because here's how I look at that. In the main game, if you wanted to get your S's or your S pluses on professional, you could not bring any of the equipment from your previous runs into it. You had to do it on a new game file. So I am assuming it's going to be the same for separate ways. And you'll end up doing, you know, your first playthrough blind or whatever on standard. And then maybe you'll jump to hardcore or professional with your upgraded gear. But then after that, you have to do your S plus run new game, you know, so you really got to know your shit curious how that strikes you i i am also not very intimidated because we've seen this in a lot of lists but it was a bit of a gut punch to see so what do you think yeah i'm I'm a little bummed that they threw that trophy in there i just felt like why like on like how long is the separate ways dlc do you know colin well i did play it so i should clarify i said it came to the ps2 but if you buy the re4 like classic edition that you can get on playstation 4 and 5 right now it comes with this dlc and i did play that and i believe it was like two and a half to three hours something something like that so i'm I'm not sure like i don't know if they've expanded it more than that if they've kind of pulled some stuff out based on the boss trophies i don't think it's a spoiler to say there are three bosses in the game so that could be Gosh, I don't know. It could be as much as maybe five hours, let's call it, for your first run. But I'm hoping it's closer to three to four. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, most RE games are kind of within that time frame, like that sweet spot, four to six hours maybe. So yeah, it, it isn't too extreme. But I just feel like 
going back into the game months later after already 100%ing it, like, I really don't feel like doing a professional mode and try to get an S plus rank. Like, I would have just been satisfied with just doing professional mode. That's it. But now I got worried about getting an S rank now. Again. <laughs> yeah, S plus even. So, oh gosh, it's so weird because you know this already, but S mode or S rank in different games across the franchise means different things. You know, so like the requirements for what an S rank is or an S plus rank is is different across the board. When you're looking at something like Resident Evil 2 Remake, it was tied to like the amount of steps that you took, the amount of healing items you used, and the time. You know, whereas I feel like RE4, the good news is it seems if it's anything like the original list, it's just based on the time and you can use whatever like heals and stuff that you want. But that could really suck. I mean, I don't actually know yet what it is for this one. If you can't use like healing sprays and stuff or like first aid sprays and stuff, too, then holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's going to suck. And, and, and I mean, because it's such a short time or we, we don't know how long the game is yet, but you know, the, the RE4 remake also included the amount of saves you made, too. That went into your overall score as well. You're right. It was only three, right? Um, I think on professional, to get S plus rank, you had to do it less than like maybe 16, 16 or 17 saves, I believe. Oh, okay. So that's not too crazy. Okay. Not too bad. But like, now you got to worry about another factor. Mm -hmm. How many times you save the game? Yeah, that's true. Which really like got to me at certain points in the game like can i is this like a really choke point where i absolutely need to make a save or am i confident that i can maybe save after it and maybe even save like the next chapter after it's kind of like a, a game of like how you distribute your saves during your playthrough hmm. that's a really good point i yeah now that you say that i remember conversations with you during the castle section where, where that was becoming particularly annoying for you so, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I did just find one article, guys. Take it with a little bit of a grain of salt here, because this just came out. But according to SpielTimes.com, the DLC is four to five hours in length. So, yeah, you assume maybe four to five hours for your first playthrough, if you're gonna explore everything and you know take in the cutscenes and all that, and then probably your second run is let's say three hours or something, and then by the time you get to professional, maybe you can do it in two hours. So it's not like it's insane, but I, I have to say, while I am very excited for this DLC, and I already purchased it uh, about an hour or two ago, I'm, I, I don't know if it could have come at a worse time. Like, I just, <laughs> not necessarily in terms of business with personal life, but I am like 32 hours into Final Fantasy 16, and that's in my first playthrough. Then I got to do the whole game again in New Game Plus. You know, it took max 113 hours to platinum that game. So... I don't really know if I have time for this right now. So even though I bought it right away, I don't know if I'm going to play it for some time. What about you? Are you going to jump in sooner rather than later? Or how are you feeling? Ooh, I, I kind of have my games lined up for like the rest of September and October. So I don't know if I can fit in the DLC during that time. I would love to play just to say that I, I have played separate ways, but I think at the moment, I might push this out to, like, towards the end of the year. Yeah. I think that's smart. And one other thing I wanted to note that was pretty annoying about this is that it just dropped both of our completion percentages, like, overnight. 
because now we no longer have 100% in RE4. We've dropped to 84% for that game. So you got to make that up. <laughs> That's the other thing that pissed me off. I was like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, just something to think about. You know, while the DLCs come out, it is cool because in this instance, we are planning on playing the DLC at some point. But this has always been the argument, right? If you're not someone who's going to do the DLC for games and then this comes out, it just it screws your completion percentage right away. And yeah, so it's interesting. <laughs> it's, any any thoughts on that? Did you consider that? I, that pissed me off when I realized it this morning. Uh, it's not something I really try to dwell on uh, a ton. I, I know that that's going to happen with games, but I try just to look at it on the bright side. You know, it, it is a game that I really enjoy. And the fact that there's still content coming out for certain games is, is pretty cool. So yeah, I try to, I try to, Remind myself of that part compared to my percentage going down overall. You're, you're yeah, it's, you're very right. That is more important that there's more cool content to play, you know, and that's a cool, that's a great thing. Very good, sir. Well, yeah, exciting stuff. If you're playing Resident Evil 4 Remake Separate Ways DLC, let us know. It of course centers around Ada Wong, so we're hoping to get to see some more development between her and other characters in the in the story of the game. If you haven't played the remake yet, highly recommend it. I'm sure it's going to be on the discussion for the game of the year as we get towards the end of the year. So, yeah, good stuff there. But with that, let's move on and uh, let's get into some platinum shoutouts here. So, as per usual, I've pulled five platinums slash 100% completions from our Discord in the Platshot and Trophy Room channel. So, I'm just going to go through these and I'll give you a chance afterwards, Daryl, if you want to speak to any of the specific titles within. So, first up, we've got EDJ 3DG who makes common appearances during this, with Mirror's Edge, which sits at a 2.76% on PSM profiles for the PS4 version. Then we've got someone we haven't heard from in a while, the Slide G. Cooper, coming in here with Tacoma, which sits at a 75.06% on PSM profiles for the PS4 version. Then we have Lorenzo Lame with Spelunky. This one sits at a lowly 0.69% on PSM profiles. It does not have a Platinum. It has, you know, only other trophies, so you can just get the 100%. But that 100% is very rare, and it took him 130 hours to achieve, I believe. So I wanted to shout that one out. Then we've got the Portland Kevin with Omno, which sits at a 71.30% on PSM profiles. Cool little puzzle game I had not heard of before, and he also was playing it after playing The Evil Within, which, which piqued my interest. Very excited to hear him talk about that. And then lastly, we have Zachary with Undertale, which sits at a 45.17% on PSM profiles for the PS4. So, Daryl, what are your thoughts on some of these completions here? Uh, when I first heard about Spelunky and Lorenzo Lane popping that trophy, or getting all of them, I was like, oh, cool, it's that one game with the, the Indiana Jones-looking guy. And I was like, that, that, that looked like a kind of like a kid's game that's what i thought of it as it looked like a simple game and then i looked at it and i was like whoa he said 130 hours was he bad <laughs> come to find out the game is quite challenging yeah that it's like, such a whoa. crazy game it was very deceiving man i thought this game was just like an easy platinum shouldn't take you no more than maybe three to four hours 130 oh my goodness yeah insane i did not think that 
that amount of time could be dedicated to a game that looked like this, but I was absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it's stuff like, um, what, what am I thinking of here? Like Binding of Isaac or those kind of games too, where or Enter the Gungeon even, where it's like, wow, it doesn't look that graphically intense, you know, but there's so much going on under the hood or whatever in terms of gameplay systems that it actually ends up being like a very complex platinum. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Or a, a complex 100%, I should say. But, yeah, pretty nuts. And we haven't heard from Sly G. Cooper in a while, so I wanted to shout him out, too. That Tacoma game, have you heard of that one before? I have, but I don't know what that game's about. Yeah, it is it is a sci-fi game, but it's it's like one of those you would describe as a walking simulator, sort of. I don't know the details of the plot too much, but it is the same studio that made Gone Home. And it's sort of like a spiritual successor to that game. So I don't know if you ever played that one, but it's kind of in the same vein where you're just walking around and exploring an environment. You'll find notes or, you know, little clues or whatever, but you don't really know exactly what happened or what's going on. But there's no combat. You know, there's nothing like that. So it's a pretty interesting game. I'm surprised it sits at such a high completion percentage, actually, but it must be pretty short. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm, Undertale, I'm too. Right now. Oh, okay. Nice. Undertale 2 is a really fun game that has almost an automatic platinum when you play through it. There's really only one sort of set of missable trophies, and they're very hard to miss. So I would recommend that one to people. If you're doing the A to Z challenge with Pat, th this is a good game for you as well, which is a rare kind of letter to fill out. So you can always check that one out there. And you have you played that one or no, Daryl? Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, but I have not played it. Okay. Yeah, you might dig that one just because it's, it's pretty short as well. So worth okay. checking out. Worth checking out. But congratulations, guys, on all of your Platinums and 100% that you've achieved. Really happy to see a good diversity of games again. We're getting, you know, we're kind of in this middle period between all these drops and like late in about a week's time and then into October. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are able to kind of dive into their backlog a bit and play some new things, and that's pretty exciting. So, good job, everybody. And with that, let's move on to our Patreon-submitted questions, which, of course, come to us from Patreon. If you like what, what we do and you enjoy the show and want to throw us some love and some support, you can go on over to check out patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast and find different tiers of support over there, ranging from bronze all the way up to platinum. I would also like to use this opportunity to give a special shout-out and thank you to all of our patrons over there at the Silver Level and Up. So that is a big thank you to Maximum Carnage, the Sly G Cooper, Pat the Trophy Hunter, King K6969, B Down, Diego Juan, the Portland Kevin, Zachary, First Mage, Buff Cupcake, and Against Me 75. And also I'd like to shout out really quick, again, the Portland Kevin has a podcast that he does, the PS Plus Book Club and uh ps plus games club excuse me and uh daryl you appeared on an episode of that and talked about tmnt shredder's revenge alongside slugger and i believe the upcoming episode is centered on the evil within which i'm very excited to listen to so big shout out to them go and check that out if you want to find another podcast and yeah thank you guys very much for the support daryl you want to say anything else about your tmnt episode or uh, I mean, it, it was fun recording. I had a ton of uh, fun with that game and talking about it with the guys on that episode. So, yeah, definitely check it out. 
I would love to hear this evil within episode. It's been a minute since I played that game. So it'll be nice to listen to it and uh, just take a trip down memory lane with that game. I really like that game. Me too. Me too. I don't know if I truly understood it. I think I did. But I, yeah, I remember really liking it. And I am excited to at some point play the sequel. So we'll have to get there. <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen next year or the year after that at this point. But either way, when it comes around, I'll be excited for it. And so let's get into our Patreon-submitted questions over there. Our first one comes to us from the Portland Kevin himself, who we just discussed. And he says, my niece just turned nine and got a Switch for her birthday. Very nice. Good gift to get there. And he asked if we have any downloadable recommendations at $20 or less. So I'll go ahead and start for this one. And I will say that I'm not like super experienced with the Switch's online store and the ecosystem over there. I have started playing my Switch more recently, but everything I play over there is pretty much physical, with the exception of two games. And it turns out that one of them is actually one that is on uh, the store for less than $20, and that is Stardew Valley. So that would be my first recommendation. This is a game that's been super popular for a very, very long time. It was coded by one individual, I believe, the entire game from end to end, and I'm blanking on that person's name now, but from a technical feat, it's incredibly impressive, first of all. But it's also just a fun, sort of, like, charming game that has a lot of parallels with things like Animal Crossing, but a much different, more pixelated art aesthetic and style. There's also a lot more depth in what you can actually do in the game compared to something like Animal Crossing, and it's got some farming elements and things like that. So, yeah, it's just really a cool game. Um, I've tried it out. It wasn't particularly for me, I must say, but I can understand the appeal of it to so many people. And that game is sitting at $14.99 over there on the eShop. So I think that that's a pretty, pretty solid buy. And I'll shout out maybe – I'll do one or two more. One other one I wanted to shout out is the original Final Fantasy VII. So you can get a lot of the Final Fantasy games over there, but you can get the original FF7 for only $15.99. And it comes with a bunch of quality of life uh, enhancements and improvements, including things like double speed for the combat, you know, you know, basically making yourself invincible. And I feel like at nine years old, she's maybe a year or two away from, but like pretty darn close to being able to get into an RPG experience. And this one's a classic. So why not check it out? It's pretty cheap. Again, that one's $15.99. And... The last but not least, there's there's also things like, I would say it's between Hollow Knight or Celeste. Celeste has got some really deep themes to it, but on its surface, it's sort of a side-scrolling platformer. It is difficult, for sure, so maybe you want to, I don't know, I guess Hollow Knight is really difficult, too. TLDR, something like a platformer would be great. <laughs> I guess I'll settle on Celeste, just so she can kind of get used to that. And, dude, when I was a kid, I was beast at games, so maybe she'll be able to beat that game, no problem. Um... But yeah, that's that's what I got. I don't have a ton of experience over there. I do know, lastly, that Pikmin 1, the original Pikmin, is, is either out digitally now or coming out soon, and I believe that that's only $20, and that's a fun like kids game over there as well. So I'll throw those out, and uh, I'll pass it to you, Daryl, if you have any recommendations. Um, I don't have any recommendations, man. <laughs> you don't play um, Switch at all, I, really. I don't play Switch at all. I did get a Switch this year for my wife's birthday. Um, she's the one who's playing on it, but I do not know anything about the Switch. Um, yeah, the store, I have not looked at it. I really don't know <laughs> anything about it. 
I I am glad that one of us is able to answer this question. But <laughs> if I had to choose a game, and this is not twenty bucks, you know, or under, is definitely well past that that price mark. But I, I did play a little bit of Luigi's Mansion 3. Oof. Um, it's a little bit expensive. It's definitely above 20 bucks. But I played it because I had always wanted to play the Luigi Mansion games. And I got a chance to play 3. My wife's sister let her borrow it. So I, I played a little bit. I've, I've fallen off lately. I haven't played it since. But it was a game I really enjoyed. I don't know if that might be a little bit too spooky for a 9-year-old. But... I think it was a fun game, or at least the time that I spent with it. Dude, I'm so glad you called that series out. I absolutely love Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion 2 and Dark Moon. I think it was Dark Moon was the sequel, but the first game in particular, it's it's a funny story, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Luigi's Mansion was one of the like launch titles with the GameCube. So when the GameCube came out, like I think it was Luigi's Mansion and I believe Super Smash Brothers Melee was, if not a launch title, like within the first six months or so. So those are like the two main games. And when I eventually got my GameCube, those are the two that I got. And I fucking Luigi's Mansion was sweet. It was to me like just enough puzzles and just enough exploration that I could handle it at about. And I think I got my GameCube when I was nine or ten, so about the same age as the Kevin's niece. And it was just so fun. And, like, vacuuming up the ghost was a really cool experience and different gameplay style. You know, you get the different amount of treasure that you can collect around the mansion, so you're incentivized to really explore. And the, there's, like, supernatural stuff, but it's not creepy. It's almost like Casper or something, you know, where it's, it's, like, it's like meant for kids, but it's got that Halloween vibe to it. So, yeah, you'll be happy to know, Daryl, Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch as, like, ports with like some uprising and stuff in the next like six months or so so i really recommend you check out one if you enjoyed three that much nice good to know yeah yeah how, how much time do you think you put into that like five hours or so um yeah i'll say about five like four to five hours i think I, I haven't gotten very far in it yeah but enough to get the mechanics and stuff that's cool yeah, I'm just trying to get used to, like, actually holding, like, a screen in front of me again. Like, I remember back during the, the Game Boy days where I had that, you know, that uh, the gaming system right in my hand. So, I, it's pretty cool. This I definitely like having the Switch. It's fun, but, you know, I got to get used to holding, you know, mm -hmm. the, a screen again. Oh, totally. And that thing is not very ergonomically friendly to your hands. <laughs> oh, no, I, I absolutely hate it. Get sore. Yeah, I. so the, the best thing ever that happened to me was when my wife bought me the Pro Controller for the Switch. And I don't play it handheld ever. I pretty much only play it docked as just like a normal console. But the Pro Controller is a lot like, you know, a, tip, a modern PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series controller. It's just really light as well. And it's super comfortable, so... I know that's like those things are like 70 bucks or something. They're not cheap. But if you are listening out there and you're like in the same situation and Daryl for you as well, like if you end up liking the switch enough to play it more, definitely look at a pro controller. I would not want to play things like Zelda or Mario or something or like Metroid <laughs> with the, with those fucking joy cons, dude, those things are the worst. They're pretty much only good for Mario Kart and Mario Party. Other than that, I, I do not enjoy them. All right. Anything else to say there, Daryl, or are we good? Uh, happy belated birthday to Kevin's niece. Oh, yes. Happy belated birthday. 
Indeed, indeed. Let us know, Kevin, if you end up getting any, any of these dope games we're recommending here. I think Luigi's Mansion 3 is probably the the best one. You should just spend more than 20 bucks on your niece, okay? She's family. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Next up, we have a question from Zachary. This is a really interesting one. Pretty fun to think about. Not that yours wasn't, Kevin. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. Just more in that this got my brain juices flowing, okay? So this is asking or Zachary is asking, what's a game you were so hyped for, but when you finally got the chance to play it, it didn't reach your expectations? Man, so many things came to mind for me for this. It was really, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but it was kind of hard for me to narrow it down because I feel like as gamers, we're very susceptible to the marketing hype. We're, we're, we fucking love it, dude. Oh, a new trailer dropped. So sick. You know, we get so excited about playing this game that's like two years off or three years away. And we build things up in our minds. And it's really hard some, when you do that, when you play into that press cycle and you watch all the coverage, it's really hard to not be overly excited about things. And that leads to more, I think, disappointment. Because more, most games are good, not amazing. But in our heads, we build them up to be like amazing. So lots of options here. But I went with, with two particular ones that I wanted to call out. So the first of those, and I know we're, we're a PlayStation podcast, but I got to mention this. Halo 5, for me, was such a fucking letdown. And let me explain a little bit. At the time, I had been really into Halo Reach for many years, playing like in the competitive scene going to like tournaments in lands and and playing in scrim blocks every day and like re- really really good at the game probably the best i've ever been at any video game was halo reach and then halo 4 came out the multiplayer was not nearly as good lots of my friends didn't enjoy it the campaign i find to be compelling but it wasn't amazing so what ended up happening is that most of my buddies and i went back and started playing halo 3 and halo reach again for multiplayer stuff and just we're like okay we're just gonna wait for the next one so in between that, I graduated grad school and I was on this six week like backpacking trip through Europe. So I couldn't play games for six weeks. And I was reading all these Halo novels and there was a series of novels that was in between Halo 4 and Halo 5. So it was like, if you're ready for Halo 5, you got to fucking, you got to read these things. <laughs> you got to get up to speed. And they even did this like cool thing in the marketing campaign. Again, marketing campaigns, man, they'll get you. Where it showed Master Chief in his like, raggedy shawled robe and he would go be on this planet in this sand planet and like this giant thing came out of the ground right that was like the first teaser and then we got this other one where it was like spartan Locke was hunting down master chief or something like that right that's what like they were implying in the trailers so you're like what the fuck like what is going on is master chief the bad guy or like you know what is happening and then you get to the game and it's probably I don't know if it's worse than Halo Infinite. I never beat Infinite. It's it's probably the worst mainline Halo game. And saying that, it's it's still a good to okay game. Like I would give it its campaign maybe like a six and a half to a seven. But it's no it was nowhere near the level of hype that I built it up to in my head. And I'd been waiting for so long because Halo Four was kind of a dud from the multiplayer spe- perspective that it was like, oh my gosh, like let's get the next one going or whatever. I will say to salvage it, the multiplayer was really good for that game and very competitive. I dropped off the multiplayer scene because I didn't have time to do it anymore. So it became, and the franchise became more about the stories again from that point forward. And it's just never been one I've gone back to. Like I go back and regularly play many of the games in the Master Chief collection just for a couple levels here or there. But I never 
have reinstalled Halo 5 on my Xbox yet, and I've not played it really since it came out. I, I think it's, yeah, it's such a shame. So, yeah, that's the first one I'll go with, and I'll, I'll pass it to you, Daryl, to talk about if there's any games that didn't live up to your expectations. Um, <laughs> That's funny that you bring up Halo 5, because I, um, I remember that game getting a lot of talk back then. I, I enjoyed it, but that's because I wasn't really, like, a big Halo guy. Like, I loved the games, but I wasn't really into, like, the lore of it and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed it, but the thing that I did not like about the game, which is, like, off-topic from Zachary's uh, question, is that... So the the gaming industry definitely loves having celebrities market their games. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, whether that's, like, in their commercials or advertising, and even more so, even include the celebrities in the games. Uh, you know, Call of Duty is <laughs> infamous for this. They they have, like, a new celebrity almost every game or returning characters that people absolutely enjoy. Yeah. But the the, the characters they were using to play the, the Spartans in Halo 5, it just wasn't doing it for me. No. Like, I don't really care about these characters, and... I don't even want to see their faces. Like, I just want to see Spartans suited up and not have to, like, you know, empathize with these guys just because <laughs> they're human. Right. And, yeah, dude, that's a that's a very well put point because they show so much more face time in that game with the characters. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I just love the mystery behind the Spartans and, like, not... I, I care more about, like, them in their suits compared to, like, them revealing their identities but it was just weird it was just like i it was a part of the game i didn't really enjoy as much compared to like the other games where there's like a mysticness behind the spartans and not knowing them and just you know that that whole part of the game is kind of what made halo for me yeah i totally feel that and the reason for that is because at that point they were on like the Spartan Four program or whatever. So you know how like the main character is a Spartan. There's like generations of those that they improve the tech and do it better. But the older Spartan programs, like one and two, were basically they abducted kids. Do, do you know all this, Daryl? Already? Do you know like what the Spartans are? Yeah, I know the gist of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just pretty interesting. That that part of the Halo lore is one that I've always remembered and and loved because it's like. Damn, that's some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, to know that most of the kids that were kidnapped didn't make the uh, make this whole experiment is pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, like so many of them died on during the process, right? And they just never became Spartans or they fluked out or whatever. But when you get to the, the Spartans in Halo 5, they're like Spartan 4s or maybe it might even be Spartan 5. So I'm sorry for the lore heads out there. But like they're in a program where they basically don't get them as kids and they don't need to like do as intensive surgeries and modifications to get the same results. So the result is like, they're more like normal people than ever before. And they've come from different branches of the military that were just like normal. So like one of the people, uh, Buck is from Halo three ODST. He's like one of the main ODST troopers that you play as in that game. So he was like a Marine, you know, he's, he's a soldier, but he wasn't like, crazy and you've also like experienced that character before but for the rest of them you basically had to read the fucking books like i was saying to like even know who these people were and they made you play like half the game 
as this squad of Spartans who you're like, I don't fucking care about these people. That was how I felt. I was like, I want to play as Master Chief, dude. I don't want to be playing as Spartan Locke for half the game. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Halo 5 is definitely up there in that conversation. Uh, for me, at least, I got to say, um, it's a game I've recently played this year, Ooh. and it's Callisto Protocol. So this was a game that um, I didn't really buy into all the hype, but I really did like the trailers and that, you know, there was this prison out in outer space and somehow there was like this outbreak of uh, aliens on the, on, at the prison. So that alone was like, okay, cool. You know, I, I'm kind of digging in. And then right away it said from like the creators of Dead Space, I was like, oh, <laughs> I might actually want to play this game now. So picked this game up last year, but didn't really jump into it until early um, this year. So I, I played it. I played it numerous times. And I got to say, man, I was a bit let down by the game. I thought it'd be a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a game that I was disappointed for sure because I wanted it to be good. And, you know, I'm just like, there was just, I, I guess the main complaint for me is that the the combat is what really held the game back. It was just not fun. I felt like the game, the combat mechanics were a bit repetitive. And it, it just didn't really fit the whole flow of the, the survival horror scene. Because basically when you got the combat down, all it really was is you just had to keep dodging you know, attacks left and right. And it just didn't make sense, especially for like an advanced alien uh, outbreak. Like these guys, you, you're telling me that these guys are just going to keep graphically just like hitting the same, like doing, <laughs> commit, doing the same moves over and over and not just like think like, why can't we hit this guy who only beats us with a police baton? Like we we're better than this. Like, come on. Like this advanced alien race is getting their ass smacked. I like this guy who doesn't even have a gun until like towards the end of the game. Yeah, it's I once I started seeing gameplay for this game come out. So I was ex I was like excited about it because I really do I enjoy the first Dead Space quite a bit. At least the original. I haven't played the remake, but I was like, oh cool, yeah, just like you. It's the co-creator. Sounds cool. When I saw the gameplay and there's so much melee combat, I was I was really surprised by that. I think that's a weird choice for this game. And really to leads to like a lot of the weirdness, but I don't know. Did you guys get good with like the grappling hand and stuff? Because a lot of the speed runs I saw, just like you just grab enemies and like throw them into objects. Basically, you don't even like really fight <laughs> anything normally. <laughs> yeah, I'll say once you get that uh, the grip, I, I believe it's called oh the grip in there the you game. Go. Yeah, yeah, um, dude, it makes the game so much better. It's like all you gotta do is is exactly what you say. You just gotta grab them. And then just like put it, push them into like the in, into the environment, and that that made the game so much better because it eliminated like the whole melee aspect of it, which really sucked. But you know, <laughs> once you're able to do that, it, it got so much fun. I was like, they should have just left this in the game, and it, the game would have been like ten times better. But for some reason, someone thought it'd be a good idea to have melee combat as. Uh, the sole mechanic to like battle enemies and stuff. And it just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. 
the game looked really pretty though like at least from what i saw like i think it looked it looked cool it definitely looked triple a but i don't know man it just wasn't i think that game is always going to be plagued by the fact that it came out within a certain window of dead space remake and resident evil 4 remake as well like so it's even if even if you didn't play those two games and you only played the callisto protocol you're inevitably going to be comparing the discourse around your game that you chose to play versus the others. And you're going to even by default be like, what the fuck, you know, because these, these other two games at the beginning of this year were just so in the zeitgeist for a bit. They each had their moments, you know, being really popular and they're so good. I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's sort of a weird thing where I wonder if it would have come out like a year and a half or two years ago, give it like had some different space, you know, away from these products, if it would have been better, received but as it is right now like survival horror is like back there's a lot of survival horror games and so there's there's almost so many of them to the point now it's starting to not feel as fresh anymore which is kind of a bummer but also good for the genre so yeah anyway did you do you have dlcs left to do for this game too um i got a couple and that's kind of like this is a separate conversation it's kind of the reason why i've kind of just like completely hated a game is that <laughs> there's like been five total dlcs and like two of them i and this is where the numerous times i played this game comes from i played this game an additional two times on new game plus mode and hardcore mode and i was thinking this is it there's no way they can come up with more dlcs but i was I was wrong, man. They just came up with more ideas and decided to put out more DLCs. And yeah, I guess my time. Um, what's this? Black. Nah, what's I can't remember the prison. Blackwell name, or something? Or what the, what the fuck was Black it? Black something. Let's see. I know it's in the trophy list. Where are you? I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But clearly yeah, the I'm story was back. impactful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I gotta go back and uh, clean up some DLCs with this game. The classic <laughs> DLC release. Be too bad. See, this is the other side of it, where it's like we were we were praising the RE4 remake separate ways DLC and being like, you know, we should be excited. It's good that there's more content for a good game or whatever. And then it happens. If it happens to a game that you didn't really even in, like love platinuming in the first place, it suddenly becomes a much different conversation. So <laughs> it's pretty funny, huh? Yeah, I mean, it 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 is kind of rough with this game because I I I did enjoy it. It it's not a bad game. It's not a great game. Mm -hmm. But I did have my my fun times with it. It's just that you know the DLCs that are coming out for this game, I don't see the need for them. Mm -hmm. And just some of the DLCs just seem totally out of left field. Like there's a riot mode. It's kind of like. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a horde mode, similar to Gears of War. Okay. Where I guess you're trying to take on waves of enemies. It just isn't like, why would you put that in for this game? That seems just, weird. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You don't want to horde, like, and that's why Mercenaries has always been weird to me as well. I guess it's, by the time they introduced Mercenaries, it's like Resident Evil had become just as much an action game as a survival horror game. But, like, Dead Space is... Like, imagine if they put fucking Horde mode in Dead Space. That's not why you're there. The combat is not the thing that's 
that's the selling point of the game. It's like the atmosphere and like exploration and stuff. And like, I can I can see it being the same for Callisto Protocol. You're not there for the fucking combat <laughs> necessarily, which sucks, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, I wish you Godspeed, sir, as you get back to this. <laughs> you gonna do it next? <laughs> Uh, I don't know about next. Uh, I definitely got to buy the DLC first, so it, it might be some time before I even get there. I might. Uh, we'll see. If it's on sale, I might pick it up. It is, it's almost like we got to do like a little month of DLC only trophy hunting, dude. Catch back up on some of these. There's so many of them I got to get to. Jesus Christ. That would be a nice thing to do. I feel like just dedicate a whole month and just try to power through some of these DLCs. It's just hard to fit them in when you're just like, taking on full games at like <laughs> any point of the year that that's always the hard part you're like no i don't want to spend time on cleaning up i want to play a new game that's mm-hmm. always the dilemma 100 percent, especially when great games are coming out all the time it's tough oh yeah for sure it's tough well cool zachary hopefully that answers your question i'm curious for those of you listening what what's a game that meets your criteria for this you know, what's a game that uh, didn't reach your expectations or didn't live up to your expectations? It's been funny to see the conversation around Starfield because some people absolutely love it and some people are really kind of hating on it. You know, I think it's it's good Metacritic overall, but yeah, it's certainly a divisive game. So everyone's expectations are different, guys. You got to keep that in mind. Okay. Next up, we've got King K6969. And his question is, in a world where all trophies are still obtainable, what would be the last game that you would tackle on your backlog? Mine would be a Vegas party. It's a mix between the game of life, Mario Party, and a casino, and is 100% RNG-based. Holy shit, that sounds insane. <laughs> I'm assuming that that's because, or the reason you chose that is because there's some multiplayer component where it has to be against other players, so the servers would be dead if... Yeah, interesting. I don't know. The wording on this was, was weird to me. It was basically like, I was trying to picture what a game what the final game i would do is if no servers ever shut down or went offline so it's almost the question of like what is the game that you can wait the longest <laughs> to do like which one do you have like the least interest in going back to like immediately or something like that so yeah for me i had two main things that jumped to mind the first one was elder scrolls online and it was the very first game that i ever played on my ps4 it was my very first list and i did play it earlier was this already this year was that last year i can't even remember at this point where i played a few months of elder scrolls online i'd say i put maybe 20 hours into it or something 25 hours and i did get a few more trophies in the game but nothing crazy i'm still so low like there's there's so many dlcs for that game i think i'm at two percent on the overall list but four percent or something like if you dig in deeper it's it's embarrassing and that one is obviously an mmo so at some point if they shut that down like yeah, it's going to be, I don't know, that's going to be a tough one. That's a lot of unobtainable trophies. But the game just was not for me. There's some, there some cool things about it, for sure. I don't think it's a bad game by any means, but it just, I wasn't trying to play an MMORPG. I thought I was, and then I got into it, and I was like, you know, not really. Not feeling it. I'm going to hop out. <laughs> so, so there's that game that comes to mind for me. And then the other one that I put was Black Ops 4. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I have to do some zombies trophies in that game. I have to do some multiplayer trophies in that game, like the normal PvP mode. 
And then I still need to get a bunch of the blackout trophies, which are related to the basically uh, battle royale mode. And I actually really like Call of Duty Black Ops 4, but the problem is with Warzone being on its second iteration, no one is playing that blackout game mode. And if they are, they're fucking hackers or something. So it's just so tough. Right. And the multiplayer trophies I need are not like trivial. I need to at least put like probably 15 to 20 hours into that mode alone. And then the zombies modes are incredibly fun, but I just don't know anyone that does zombie. Like you and I played it one time, Daryl, but we like, I don't know people who play it regularly. So yeah, I think that would be cool to eventually go and get those trophies. And I would want to wait a while because I enjoy the game. So going back to it would be fun. And I would hope that the community is still there, but it's tough. Call of Duty releases every year. So. There's people jumping from title to title. It's just really hard to get a consistent group of people on the same game for that franchise. So, anywho, Daryl, what did you have for this? What would be the last game you would tackle on your backlog? Ooh, last game. So, this is um, sort of an issue I'm having with one of the games I'm trying to 100% because... I know it is on the chopping block soon. I feel it in my bones. I feel like the day is coming where they're going to just shut down servers for this game and I'm just going to be left out of a platinum and 100%. So in a world where trophies are still obtainable, I got to go with Star Wars Battlefront. Ooh. Um, so this uh, is a game what? I was like super trying to like crush this 100% and get it knocked out. I bought the season pass. I was in this PSN profiles boosting group. There's like 20 people. I was like, all right, we got enough people. We can absolutely do this. But I played it for a few weeks and then I just completely fell off, dude everyone's bypassing me they're just like all right you guys want to do uh some matches <laughs> for xp let's meet up on this mode oh switch your service to europe and i'm just like i'm over here playing like something else <laughs> i'm playing ratchet and clank man yeah like like it's always challenging to like switch off like your trophy hunting habits like there's times where you want to trophy hunt and just like go hammy on it. Mm -hmm. Like there's just days where you just want to sit back and enjoy a video game. You don't even have to worry about trophies. And I got caught up in that, that struggle with Star Wars Battlefront. And I was just like looking at the list. I was intimidated by it. There's a level 100 trophy that you have to get. So that's why a lot of people are trying to boost XP. You know, Jesus. I think I'm like close to maybe level 50. So I kind of just psyched myself out. I'm like, I have to play this game and rank up 50 more levels. I'm like, I really don't want to spend all this time on Star Wars Battlefront. And I mean, even though I did play it recently, I'm talking like maybe two or three months ago. It was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I did have fun with it. But I'm just like, I should have had... I should have played this when it first came out. Like, I did play it a lot when it came out day one. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I wasn't trophy hunting. So that's why I'm kind of just playing this years later. So I'm just, uh, I'm like, damn, I should have just played this when I was playing it years ago. It, it would have made this whole thing simpler. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know. I should have just 
kept playing when I was playing Black Ops three and Black Ops four. I wasn't caring about trophies, you know, or like if maybe I looked at the list and was like, oh, I want to try to go for this thing. But I wasn't like needing to do all of them. I think I still approached trophies in the beginning a lot like Xbox achievements where I was like, I just want to get the ones that I want to go for. I don't necessarily want to get the whole list. Yeah, that game. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that sucks when you're trophy hunting um, multiplayer games is that <sighs> everybody's out for themselves, man. You know, right. you may have enough people to do boosting, but you always get those people who are just like not available or they're just playing other games. You're going to get passed up, man. And that's kind of the the thing that kind of sucks the most is like, everybody's just like all right i got my i got what i wanted i am out of here you guys can get these trophies on your own if you didn't want to play with us that's too bad that's on you it's kind of like what we've said for you know 50 or 60 70 episodes one of our earliest episodes was you know don't boost with strangers and this is what it is because when you do this is the the liability that you run with yourself right there's no personal connection to these people you don't know any of these people really they don't give a fuck they're like, I'm just trying to get these trophies and get out of here, which is totally fine. I mean, that's that's totally fair. But, yeah, you can't expect the whole boosting group to necessarily link up every time. It's just uh, it's tough. It's tough. Is that game fun, though? Like, Battlefront 1, is it is it a fun game even or not? It's okay. It's, um, it, it is, um, I mean, it's a, it's a fun game, but it's just, there's, other game it's a, it's an older game man don't waste your time on it <laughs> yeah for sure I... if you got trophies to hunt just like stay focused on the trophies don't even worry about the gameplay yeah i do remember that game famously did not have a single player mode and that was kind of like the big deal about it when it came out and then they put a single player mode in the second one and i think it was like okay at best and it was like seven hours or six hours or something so I don't know. The second one has looked intriguing to me and has looked cool. I, I have a soft spot for the original Battlefront games when they were like third person and on the original Xbox and PS2 and stuff and a lot more just like each team has 100 lives. And I mean, I know it's the same, but it's it basically just feels like Battlefield with Star Wars skins now when it used to have its own kind of feel to it. So anywho, anywho, very, very interesting game. And thank you for the question there, King K6969. We hope you enjoyed the answers. All right. Lastly, we have a question from Maximum Carnage, and he says, Greetings, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3. Now let's pause here because there's only two of us. So which one do you want to claim there? You're probably going to claim one because you haven't done the other two yet. So you can have that. That's exactly my answer. I am going to go with one because that's the only... Dark Souls entry I've played so far is one. Absolutely tragic. (laughs) That you haven't played the other ones yet. God, they're so good. I'm definitely going to go with Dark Souls 3 over Dark Souls 2. I love Dark Souls 3, but there's a a case to be made for two. So Slugger, you get Dark Souls 2. He says, gentlemen, I'm two for three at the moment. With all the talk about Final Fantasy 16 in the last few episodes, is Daryl close to pulling the trigger and diving into the world of Valisthea? Quick note on this. I fucking hate that it's pronounced Valisthea. This is this is a it's spelled V A L I S T H E A. And in my mind when I kept seeing it in the game, I kept pronouncing it like Valisthea. 
And then I finally heard a, ca- a character say it, and they said Valisthea, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know why it just sounds like so much worse to me. But anywho, Daryl, come on, man. Are you buying this game or what? You playing Final Fantasy 16 or nah? <laughs> um, uh, you guys, uh, uh, you guys are trying to influence <laughs> bad decision making <laughs> right now, man. Because there's been times, so I know when Slugger was going hard on this game on how much fun he was having when it first came out. Yeah, I remember I was like, like very close to pulling the trigger. And then I, I kind of just like went ice cold. I was like, no, no, I haven't really bought any big game titles yet. I'm trying to save that for the end of the year. Um, maybe I'll just hold off a little longer. And then you <laughs> had to go and get the game. And I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to be the only one who hasn't played it. Mm-hmm. So during this whole talk where Slugger's talking about the game, I downloaded the demo. And I uh, got a chance to play the demo from beginning to end. Ooh. Um, it almost it almost ended at beginning. Because I got to say this. I'm probably in the minority when I say this. But I thought the demo was so boring. I'm <laughs> like, I don't see how Slugger is, like, having fun with this game. I know he said that this game was freaking awesome. All I'm doing is like just watching cutscenes and like I'm going through this village or this, oh, it's not really a village, this kingdom. That's a better word. Mm-hmm. Going through this kingdom and like I'm introduced to these characters I don't really know, don't really care. I'm like, dude, they, they pull a, they pull a trick on me. They said <laughs> this game was cool. And I'm just like waiting for the moment where this game's just gonna blow up and just like sweep me off my feet. And I was just like, after I got to the part where you go and search for the uh, for the goblins, yes, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm, they're amassing this army, and I get sent on this side quest to go hunt goblins. I want to go with the army. I want to go with them. I want to roll in with my soldiers, you know. Mm. But I get these two guys that I'm just like, oh god, I remember this classic Final Fantasy character scheme. With these guys with the small heads and the wide bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, why why do I get these two dudes? Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I can't believe they lied to me. I <laughs> thought they were my I thought they were my friends. I thought Trophy Talk Blood run deep, dude. Right, right, right. Yeah. They lied to me. <laughs> no, we weren't clowning you, dude. <laughs> they were lying. But the combat is so fun. Like, you, did you enjoy the combat at least for the game? I, I haven't finished yet. Okay, I haven't finished yet. Okay. So when I got to the to the goblin part and started fighting, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So everything I learned when I was whooping the the captain's ass during training, I was like, I'm actually applying this during during the during the fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm going to chase that freaking uh, gremlin down. You remember the gremlin from the movies with the white little hair? Yes. Who was like already at, like, you already knew he was the bad guy. Yep. yep. I was thinking about that dude when I had to chase the goblin around the map. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Wait for me to get you. And then this guy's like, taunt to me, taunt to me. I'm like, all right boss battle and then this fool gets eaten by a bigger boss i was like what what the hell just happened i was like no way this just happened and then this is where it 
like it started getting crazy for me. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I, I I see where the guys are coming from. <laughs> I haven't been completely sold yet, but I, I'm seeing where they are. Like, oh man, the game's pretty cool. <laughs> and I I agree. At that point, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And then like after that boss fight was a little bit more story. I really like the part where the I'm guessing they're the bad guys later in the game where they almost were like started messing around in the castle walls. So I was like, whoa. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like some Game of Thrones stuff right now. Benedicta Harmon and Hugo Kupka as the two people. Yes. Yes. I was like, ooh, it's getting a little spicy over here. Yeah, that Benedicta's pretty she's pretty bad, dude. She's got the leather outfit going. You know, she's pretty hot. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it only got that much better, like, as soon as we got to, like, the next part of the demo where, like, shit just goes crazy, dude. Bat shit crazy, man. I was like, whoa, this is, oh, man. (laughs) This is is where people are like, yeah, the demo's freaking cool. And, like, I had seen, like, a a still shot of this dude who's just, like, sitting on, like, uh, like, on top of the castle. I was like... This is a really weird picture. It almost seems like it's from Dark Souls. Mm. And then you fight that Dragon Knight, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, my lord. That yeah. fight was cool. The Dragoon? Yeah, that thing is sick. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the? I was like getting hyped, man. That that <laughs> that that fight had me shook, dude. I was like, whoa, this is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really this close to like, wanting to play the, the full game. And then that wasn't even the end of it, dude. <laughs> the part where, you're, where, you, where you're chasing the 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 second icon. Yes. Under in the, the icon catacombs. battle. I was like, I was like, oh my lord, this is so much fun. <laughs> and like the music was like in the back, and I'm just like flying and trying to get this guy. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. this is this is the demo that people have been talking about. Yep. So fire. And like. Yeah, dude. And I'm just like, at the end of it, I was just like, my jaw was hanging. I'm like, <laughs> no way. And then there's that part of the game where you, you like, you find out like who the mastermind of everything is. I'm like, oh my God, I want to play this game so I, I can freaking kill that woman. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, it's oh, so she, fucked up. she is the reason behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, dude, I was like, I was so like impressed with the demo the demo gave me a lot to work with i really had a good time in that short amount uh a gameplay and it it was a really good trailer or a really good demo yeah and it just it, it it was it was freaking awesome experience so, you know, with all that being said, I don't think I will be pulling the trigger on what? 16 what? at the moment. As much fun as I had with it, I am going to stay committed to not buying any big purchases. You crazy. You're going to ask for it. For, I got to te- like, I got to like somehow let your like wife know that like she needs to get this for you. Next time we play magic or something, I'll, I'll be like, hey. You gotta get this game for Daryl. <laughs> like, also, I own it physically, so you can always borrow it from me in the future. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely take you up on that if the opportunity presented itself. All I right. would love to play this game. It, I am ashamed that I said that the de- the demo was whack, 
it actually turned out to be a really good one. So I, I will take those words back. Nice. Well said. Well said. I'm so that's such a funny journey through it. And I, I must admit to you that your journey through the demo is not unlike the main game in the sense that the game has some real pacing sort of stuff going on. So there's there's probably going to be like hours, like one or two hours at a time when you play this game that you might be like, okay, this is a little slow, or I don't know if I'm really enjoying these side quests or whatever. Like you're doing it, but it's not like you're getting amazing rewards and it's kind of a lot of cutscenes and stuff, right? But then it always has these moments that are just insane action set pieces like that are like an hour long, you know? So you have these things where it's like you're trading between the two of them. So it never goes too long without having something really epic happen. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I'm like 32 hours in right now. So I've been I've been chugging away at it. I know Maximum got the platinum. It took him 113 hours. So by those standards, I'm only a quarter of the way through. <laughs> It's uh, like a little more than a quarter of the way through my platinum journey. But sort of what I was thinking about doing is completing my first playthrough of Final Fantasy 16. And then Max advised me to like take a break. Like don't get burnt out like before you start your new game plus run. Just like do something else that's smaller. So I, what I might do is do separate ways in between my new game run and my new game plus run. I think that would be cool. And then I already pre-ordered Assassin's Creed Mirage, so physically. So that arrives, like, October fucking 5th or something. There's no way I'm going to play that right at launch either, which means I'm probably not going to play Spider-Man at launch. My whole plans got delayed because of the Final Fantasy 16. That's how good the game is, okay? Once you start playing it, you're like, I'm fucking getting this, this Platinum, right? It might be 100 hours, but I'm doing it. Maximum, we'll, we'll get him. We'll get him over there. We'll make you three for three soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking about it to you, Daryl, when I see you at work. I'll be like, dude, the sickest, <laughs> the sickest thing happened in, in this game the other night. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be very interested to hear, because I was like, in the moments I had with the game, I was like, what the hell? Oh, God, this will be so, like some cool conversations during Magic. Oh, the, the, I'm glad you called out the music, too, because the music in the fight scenes is so fun. It's like freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's so epic. I'm like, this is like a f- freaking IMAX theater type of deal. Yeah. I'm like, this is like you get sucked in. You're like, whoa. Yeah, it's so cool that, it, that that's like it's one of the better PS5 exclusives for sure. I, I mean, I know the game is coming to PC. They said, but right now at least you can only play it on PS5. It's like one of the best games on the platform. I think. Thank you, Maximum, for the question. Appreciate it, sir. And with that, we're going to get into kind of transition nicely into what we've been playing. So I'll go first just to continue on the Final Fantasy 16 conversation real quick, just because that's mostly what I've been playing. So I've been playing it for, like I said, about 31, 32 hours, something to that degree. And it's cool that on the PlayStation app now, you can see the like hours that you've played on the games for the for your most recent played. You know how they've like changed that in the recent patch or whatever. So I'm at 32 hours for the game. And I'm at 32% on the trophy list. So I have 23 of, of 50 trophies. The, the thing that I really want to highlight about this game from a trophy hunting perspective, because we've talked on previous episodes and I could talk to you forever about why the story is really cool and the combat is really amazingly fun and the cutscenes are beautiful and the music is great. It's, it's got so much going for it. But 
the reason you should look into this if you're a trophy hunter is because this is probably one of the few Final Fantasy games I've encountered where you do not really need to have your phone or a trophy guide open almost at all when you're playing the game. And that is super, super rare. Basically, there's not a lot of missable stuff. As long as you set your mind to the fact of, I'm going to 100% what the game shows to me. So, like, if there's new side quests, I'm going to do those side quests. If there's new hunt marks, like for, you know, like harder battle challenges, I'm going to go do those. If there's this thing that opens up, I'm going to go do that, right? Like, as long as you tackle what the game shows you as it gives you new things to do, you can't really miss the Platinum. The only downside, or I guess upside if you really enjoy the game, is there is a, a gold trophy to complete the game on what's called Final Fantasy Mode, which is basically a new game plus, and it's harder, and there's a higher level cap, and you can upgrade your gear more and things like that. And it sort of reminds me of Spider-Man in the sense that there's the New Game Plus trophy, but then there's also, like, the Upgrades trophy. Because there is a skill tree in this game, a quite extensive skill tree. Daryl, you only saw, like, a fraction of it in the demo, which is pretty exciting. I don't want to spoil too much for you, but the combat, if you thought it was cool, it gets, like, six times better than that. And the the other uh, trophy I'm talking about is called Masterclass to upgrade all your feats and abilities to their maximum. So you basically have to 100% your skill tree and you just really are going to end up doing that in your new game plus run as well. So that's really the only downside, right? Other than that, this is a like 75 hour platinum according to PSM Profiles Trophy Guide. I, like I've mentioned, maximum got it in 113 hours. So let's let's call the average somewhere in between there. So it is a is a pretty long trophy hunt, but you don't have to be actively on your on your phone, and I love that. I really am kind of over playing games like that where I'm just having to be constantly looking at a collectible guide or constantly looking at something. At least right now, th- those are not the type of experiences that I'm trying to do. And this game is just so sick. There are combat specific trophies, quite a bit of them. Without going into spoilers, you you get quite a extensive list of attacks that you can do in this game, and they're really varied, and you unlock new ones as you go. That's about as vague as I can make it with describing that as you go through the game, you will have new access to new abilities that you will have to do things with in order to get combat-specific trophies. That's going to go all the way through the game. So you'll constantly be chasing one or two combat-related trophies that are all bronzes, Meanwhile, you'll be getting story-related trophies as you go. And according to the PSM profiles right now, this is at a 23.84% on the Platinum percentage, which is pretty crazy because, like, just how many hours are required for this game. I think it should tell you that people who are trophy hunting in this are having a really, really good time. So wanted to call that out. The overall distribution, just to speak to that real quick, is there's 50 trophies in total. There's three golds, six silvers, and 40 bronzes. I think it's a bit too many bronzes, but you know me, guys. You know me at this point. I'm going to complain about that. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I think the list is really great. Again, you're going to read this list. I guarantee it. You're going to be like me. You're going to read it and go, wow, there's a lot of specific words in there, things I've never heard of before. Like, There's a bronze trophy called Think Mark, which says, defeat 10 notorious marks. Then you have a silver trophy that says, obtain all the curiosities. And the trophy's called For the Horde, which I thought was a cool Warcraft reference. And you have things like open 10 letters at the reading table for a bronze trophy titled The Pen is Mightier. 
and you think about this and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many systems going on. Like, what are all these things, right? But truth be told, it's almost impossible to miss these because they all feed into each other. You get all the curiosities by doing all the side quests. You get upgrade levels by doing the side quests. You get blah, 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 right? So when you do these activities, they all enforce each other. And what the end result is, is you don't really have to focus on any of them because you, you just go about doing your business. You're going to get all the trophies. And that's incredible. Like when you compare that to other Final Fantasy games, it is almost unheard of. I think the closest thing is probably Final Fantasy VII like remake, but even that has like really chapter specific trophies and requires some weird scapes, uh, saves coming to get everything in two playthroughs, from what I understand. So I don't know, man. It's it's very very cool. The one thing I would like to say as sort of a negative about the list is just from an artwork perspective. The color palette is very samey. There's, you know, like bronze, silver, and gold colors for bronze, silver, and gold trophies, which is something we've seen for a while. But since there's uh, 40 bronze trophies, it means that when you're looking at the list, the majority of the artwork is bronze. And the thing that's probably the most egregious about it is there's, let me see, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. There's 12 trophies that are story-related. And the artwork for those trophies is exactly the same from the first one till the 12th one. Like, it's not mission-specific. It doesn't have a, a little icon or something that's, like, relevant to what that story beat was. It's just the same weird-looking thing. And I find that to be kind of annoying and, and, and a bit lazy. And there's a couple instances of that where it, like, repeats, where there's kind of the same... Like, actually, for all the combat-related ones, there's, like, the same trophy image for both of them per ability set. Again, I'm trying not to like spoil too much, but there's yeah, there's there's a lot of those combat related trophies that have very similar artwork. So, you could ding it for that, but I think in terms of the actual trophy hunt and in terms of playing the game and how fun it is, like you got to play this game. You, you you really do need to play Final Fantasy 16. I I'm not someone who loves JRPGs. I'm not someone who has loved every Final Fantasy game I've played. In fact, quite the opposite. I usually bounce off of them. And I end up not liking them as much as I thought I would, right? Like, I played Star Ocean this year. I got 34% of the way in on that trophy list. I bounced out. I played Final Fantasy VI. I got 40-something percent of the way in. Bounced off. But this one, I feel, like, very committed to getting. It's that good. So, yeah. Final Fantasy sixteen, guys. You should check it out. It's probably my favorite game of the year right now. It's definitely in, yeah. It's in the top three right now, 100%. So we'll see what happens as the year goes on, but it's it's pretty darn good. Highly recommend it. Do you have any questions for me, Daryl, or anything you wanna you wanna call out there? Uh just to add, I, I do like the fact that this game requires you to play without having to look at your phone. I always felt like that wasn't something I really enjoyed when I played video games. I felt like it took me too much out of the story and I was missing so much. So to hear that you're not really on your phone while you're playing, you know, a game like this where you're spending tons of hours, you know, being on your phone for those hundred plus hours, I, I just felt like you would just lose yourself. Like, like you'd be out of it and wouldn't remember major events that had taken place. So it's really cool to hear that for a game of this story length that you just, you know, just focus on playing the game, which is really good to hear because I am. That's kind of like how I approach most of my games. I 
Wish I can just play everything in my first playthrough, but there's usually like always a second playthrough I have to play. But that's just kind of how I play my games. I always like blind playthroughs. I don't want anything spoiling for me. I don't even want to think about collectibles and stuff like that. I just want to enjoy the game for the very first time, and then I'll just worry about everything else after. Yeah, well, that's well said. I, I agree with you. If it's a game I really am looking forward to and really... like. Resident Evil games, I always play blind the first playthrough, and I play it on normal, and I just or standard. I'm just like, all right, let me just see what happens. You know, I'm not gonna try to go for all the lore documents or like the files or any of the challenge runs or anything like that. The only time I do that is if it's if it's a game that I'm like, I'm not sure I'm gonna love this. So let me look at look at this thing. It only requires one playthrough for the platinum if you do this. So I'm like, okay, like Ghost Runner was a good example where. I was playing through it, and the trophy guide was basically like, you can save yourself about seven hours if you just look at this collectible guide as you go. And not knowing if I was going to love the game or not, I was like, all right, sweet. I'm going to do it. And I ended up really loving Ghost Runner, as I talked about earlier this year, but the long and short of it was like I was happy that I saved myself the playthrough, even if I did love the game, because it just meant that I could move on to like the next thing. And admittedly, Ghost Runner is maybe a weird example because it has little to no story and exposition compared to Final Fantasy, but your point is well taken that like for something that's an 100 hours long to not have to look at your phone is pretty rare. I, I, I can only think of maybe something like Assassin's Creed where maybe that's also true, that you just need to basically clear the map and you'll pretty much get everything, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely uncommon. So, Daryl, you got to pick it up. When you, when you buying it? <laughs> Did you not just hear my answer a few minutes ago? I heard you talk about how much you liked the game. That's what I heard. <laughs> and then I heard some weird static at the end that didn't make a whole lot of sense. He's just trying to get me to buy the game. 100%. Dude, it's Harvest, bro. You always play hard games at Harvest. Hard, like, in difficult, lengthy games. Dude, you have to play this game. You have to. It's not... Oh my god. Dude, it's not Wolfenstein 2, dude. You won't eat. <laughs> yeah, it is I want to take hard. a chill. I want to take a chill. It is not a hard game. I will say in 32 hours I have not died once. I have first tried every single boss. <laughs> so, I don't know like I'm not I'm not trying to like be like oh, I'm so fucking good at this game. I'm just I I'm not like and I'm not using any of the sort of easy mode options that you have because the game does let you kind of tinker if you want to make it easier but i yeah i was like nah it's just it's not that hard i think if you've played dark souls like you've played dark souls one you've played you know a bit of elden ring you've played sekiro like you're gonna be fine (laughs) the combat is not gonna be too difficult for you to understand but uh yeah what have you been playing daryl what have you been getting into that's pretty much it for me except for like magic the gathering and a little bit of pikmin and, and you know stuff like that so Nothing else PlayStation side except for Final Fantasy 16. What about you? Uh, so for me, I got Platinum number 77 with uh, the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. So finally got the, the Platinum for that. Fun game. I had an absolute blast with this game. It was so much fun. I'm actually uh, surprised at how much fun I had with this game because... When this game first came out, I was like, I'm not so sure if this is going to be good. I don't know if I want to buy it. Uh, we'll, we'll just see how it does. And, you know, the game has like kind of found its own little niche of players who have really enjoyed this game. And since I got extra 
PlayStation Extra or PS Plus Extra, you know, this was on their catalog. So I had to play it. I had to play it. This mm-hmm. is a game I've been eyeing for quite a while. Every time I go to the store, I always see Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm just like, I'm, uh, I'm not sure if I want to play it. But I got a chance to play on Extra and I had a lot of fun with it. The trophy hunt was easy. Nothing too bad. I did have to do a, a, a bit of cleanup towards the end. So there's this one trophy that you have to get, which I would highly recommend that you do on your first playthroughs. That way you don't come across what I had to do, which is uh, the trophy is called Galactic Frugality. And you have to pay your Nova Corps fine. So in chapter nine, you have to pay your fine and I did not pay my fine because by that point I did not have enough credits to pay it. So I had to play it all over again, or I didn't have to play all over again. I had to play up until chapter six where that's kind of like the point where I had enough money, but I was using a lot of my credits to buy some of the collectibles. And I didn't realize that this is also a game where not all the collectibles are required for their trophies. So there's another trophy that's called Lore Hoarder, and you have to collect 65% of all Galactic Compendium entries of each category. So I just followed the guide and got everything. And had I not followed the guide, I probably would have avoided um, having to play from Chapter 6 and onwards. But the thing um, you will have to do is, so PSN Profiles describes a way where you can avoid having to play from the beginning. So check it out. Um, that's kind of the, the path I follow where I play from chapter six onwards. I was really freaking out because I'm like, damn, I don't want to play all the way from chapter one. And some of these chapters are pretty long. They run almost an hour long. So Oh, shit. Just, just imagine having to play from chapter one to nine. It's going to take you quite a bit. So that's that was kind of worrying me at the beginning. Is I was gonna have to put a decent amount of cleanup time into this, but luckily I avoided all that. So if you run into that or you're like worried about this game, I would say definitely check out the PSN profiles. There's a guide there that'll help you through the process, and uh, just just be very mindful of that. Do the the find in your first playthrough, you'll be good. Nice. But I had a really good time with this game. Uh, it was fun to play as, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, if you haven't already heard about this game, the only real character you're playing as is Star-Lord. And he's just issuing commands to the rest of the team. But it's still fun. I feel like you all, you're kind of in control of the character at times. You're kind of issuing them different um, attack moves that they can do. Um, you know, ways to, you know, perform crowd control maneuvers and things like that or like depending on like where you are in the story you can also have them kind of like open new paths for you so like for Groot example if there's like a huge gap and that it makes traversing like from one area to the next really difficult Groot will make a bridge for you that way you can get across or like Gamora can like prop herself onto a wall that way she's kind of like your boosting point so you can get some verticality and uh, kind of ac- get access to more areas that you wouldn't be able to with just your, your space boots. So it's pretty cool how you can interact with the characters inside and outside of combat. 
Yeah, it is cool. Um, I didn't realize it had yeah, those yeah. elements to it. Yeah, it's fun, man. And the the game itself, I would say the trophy list is really cool. I mean, compared to Final Fantasy, where you know the trophies are kind of like, you know, the artwork's really lame. It's like the same artwork over and over again. The panels don't really differentiate. Um, you don't really get that issue with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, the list is just diverse. There's, like, so much artwork. And what I really like about a lot of games nowadays is that, you know, they will have, like, a panel of art that's relevant to the level. So it's always cool, especially if you haven't really played a game in a while. This Let's say this is a game you platted 100%. You know, just taking one look at the artwork and just like knowing like where that was in the game is pretty cool. Kind of gives you like that refresher that for a game that you haven't really played in such a long time. Mm. And I mean, the color is pretty cool. I'm digging this like semi hot pink. Yeah, it's cool looking. I'm looking at it right now. Mm -hmm. It's legit. I like it. And I will say. If you're a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movies, I'll say you'll definitely have a good time with this one. But just kind of go in with an open mind, because when I play this game, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, this will be like, it'll have like that lighthearted humor. You know, there's going to be a lot of funny moments, you know, which the game definitely has. But there's a lot of themes that are like centered around like grief and trauma which isn't really exactly seen in the movies. So like when I had seen these elements in the game, I was like, whoa, is this, is this even the same like Guardians of the Galaxy? Like what's going on here? This is definitely like darker at times. Mm. So it isn't a negative part to it. I would just say, just be very mindful of it. Cause, um, you know, you're, you're taking like a movie and then this, this, game i feel like it's more like heavy on the lore behind the comics so uh just keep that in mind yeah but that's interesting i did have a it is like I, I definitely like had to like look online and be like oh like is this like true or like what's going on here because this is definitely not like what's going on in the movies at times i just feel like you know marvel's always just good at like making it more like family friendly and all that stuff but uh, the games are a bit dark at times. I mean, honestly, the the same was true for, and a lot of people don't like this game, so totally fair. But the Telltale like version of Guardians of the Galaxy also had some kind of darker themes and moments. Weirdly enough, so I want yeah, it's odd. It's odd, and also yeah. the characters were like different than they were in the movies. But oh, have you seen the new one, the new uh, Guardians? Like, it's not new, I guess, but the third volume. I haven't. I, I really need to check it out. Okay, cool. Yeah, I won't spoil it for you then. But yeah, you should check it out. I think it's on Disney Plus now as well. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll say um, great game. I definitely like the chemistry between the, the different Guardians. I gotta say that if you enjoy Drax as much as you did in the movie, you're gonna have so much fun with Drax in the video game. He is just... He is... Uh, He's something else, man. He definitely had me laughing at moments in the game. And <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example. So, like, there's this, there's this scene in the game where you're, like, trying to run away from something. 
And then usually the guy who's piloting, let's say, like a car or something moving. And in this case, he's flying like a Ravager spaceship. And then Peter's like, punch it. (laughs) And keep in mind, you're like running away from like something, something massive. And then you hear Drax in the background. I don't think it's, I don't think that's a good approach to, (laughs) I don't think that's a good fighting approach in this scenario. Like, dude, that's so trash. You you son of a, yeah, you fucking goober. Yeah. It's just moments like that where I'm just like, so focused on like what's in front of me. And then Drax will like immediately make me break character. I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. We got to take a break because what Drax says is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. Uh, Drax is my favorite character from the movies as well. Other, well, I mean, Star Lord, Peter Quill, or Peter Quinn or Quill. Which one is it? Peter Quill, I think. Yeah, Peter Quill. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, I like Chris Pratt, so sue me. You know, I think he's. A, <laughs> I usually enjoy movies he's in, so I guess that makes sense. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Quill, man. Chris Pratt definitely plays a really good Star Lord. I mean, there's nobody else really playing him, but. I honestly did not know who he was until I watched him on Parks and Recreation and then knew that he was going to play Star-Lord. I was like, oh, he's going to be so good. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's so funny in Parks and Rec, too. Oh, my gosh. Abs- oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Burt Macklin, his, like, FBI character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And then he was in Jurassic Park, like the newer Jurassic Park movies as well. So that was pretty yep, yep. pretty interesting for sure. I yeah, will, go ahead. Um, I will say I really like this game. And this game has, um, so there's a fictional character in the game that Peter Quill kind of like admires uh, at a certain point in his game. The, the name of the band is called the Star the Star Lord Band, and there's actually a, a an official soundtrack that you can look up on Spotify, and it has all the songs that you can play in the actual game. So I downloaded that playlist, and I'm just like, this soundtrack is so cool. Nice. Like, I absolutely loved it, and was like able to jam out. Like, when I would leave for work, I would play that song, and it made me even more hyped to play it when I got back home. That's sick. Dude, it, yeah, it's so cool when that happens, when, when you start getting into the soundtracks. I've started listening to Final Fantasy soundtracks today and yesterday as well, just, like, across the board from the whole series. They're so cool. And I was doing that with Final Fantasy VI earlier this year, even though I never platinumed it. I still was really digging it at one point in the music, so... That's fun, man. And it's like in keeping with the tradition of the movies. So just as the movies have like the awesome mixtapes and stuff that go with them, like, you know, there's even those awesome mixtape volume one, two, and three that are like in the movies. So yeah, making this game have a really cool soundtrack that you can interact with on Spotify is fun. I think it's a good idea. Yep. Yep. But other than that, um, I've been playing some other games. I started inside last night. Um, I did play that. And I would say I'm about halfway through the game. It's not a very long game, so it's definitely what I need after like spending 20 hours on Guardians of the Galaxy. So about halfway through, I got six of the 14 trophies. Um, a lot of the trophies, I believe, are just tied to finding these um, lidded orbs 
in the map. Um, they're the ones that make up most of the trophies, and I think the last one's just for beating the game, I believe. But I am having fun with this game with the short amount of time I've put into it. It's really freaky, man. It is. I'm just like, you know, after playing Endling not so long ago about, like, this apocalypse that's going on and playing as an animal, you know, now I'm playing sort of like this apocalypse or something's going on where, like, you're like the last humans, or from what I can see, you're like the last human child, and you're trying to get around, and like it's weird. I, hopefully, the story is explained. Like this, these are one of the games where you'll be able to easily put the story together. But it, it's like super freaky. I'll say like the one part that kind of just like had me shook was where you're like in this lineup with all these people that are just like you know, hypnotize or whatever they are is going on. And they're like doing these weird movements and you're like, you're obviously, you have free will. So you're kind of just like blending in because you don't want to get spotted by like the AI, but like they do these moves and then like you get into a certain point where you have to imitate these, these moves too. Mm -hmm. So you're not immediately like, you know, Oh, that guy's, there's something up with him. So that that part had me like really like <laughs> concerned because I was like, okay, these guys are jumping, so I gotta jump too. And then the next section is like these guys are jumping or they're facing backwards, so I gotta do that too. I was like, <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's like Simon says, but weirder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool game. I'm having fun with it. It's uh it's a game I've been wanting to play for a while. So I finally got the chance to play with it. Uh, again, this game, you can find it on PS Plus Extra. And just to call it out as well, this game is going to leave the service next month. Uh, so that's the reason why I'm playing it. But it is a very short game. So definitely a game you can squeeze in between some of your beefier games. Yeah. And yeah, man, I'm enjoying it very I hate to, much. I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to ever get a, a cutscene that explains the story to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of those games it's one of those games where you're gonna be if you're like me when you finish the game you're gonna be like what the fuck and then you're gonna try to go on reddit and go on you know google it and be like what is the story behind this game or whatever it i think inside is one of the coolest games i've ever played hands down it's like top 50 for me of like overall video games so it's like high up there and the very first D D campaign i ever was the dungeon master for so if you've never played D D, that basically means like guiding the team through the events of the story like you create the world and the and the rooms and the enemy placement and the items and the lore and everything and the very first one i ever did that i created i based it really heavily on some themes that i found in inside that game was like so fucking cool so you're right about the point daryl where it starts to get even cooler and i'm very excited for you for that so enjoy it. Are you trying to follow the collectible guide as you go? Um, not really. So what ended up happening is um, I got to I got into a point in the game where I, I decided like it was already too late. Had to get had to go to bed. So I, I called it quits at that point. But then what I ended up doing is I just watched a collectible guide and went back to all the parts I've already explored. Which made it a little bit more digestible for me. Like like I said, I don't really like to follow collectible guides as I'm playing. But if you've also but, already done the area, that's not so bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not so bad. It actually made it quite enjoyable. I was like, oh, I can't believe I didn't notice this one on when I first passed it. Um, but just to let you know, Colin, I, I do remember where I'm at. I'm at the part where you're in the bathysphere. Yeah. And mm. I was like, this is so random. Like, Dude. What? Yeah, it's like, <sighs> what? Have you seen the girl yet? You'll know what I'm talking about. Oh god, dude. Yeah. I, I've, All right. I've seen something about that, but yeah. I'm like a girl. Oh, you haven't actually inca- Oh, dude. <laughs> There's a moment You got to just play like game. half an hour more. You're so close to getting to some really interesting shit. Yeah, I'm I'm like really like I I I feel like I might have encountered her. Like she hasn't really revealed herself yet. Like there's a point in the game where like something moved and I was like Oh crap! Is there a monster in the water? Like, mm. is there something I gotta worry about in this water now? Mm. Or maybe this is that girl you're talking about. It could but be. It could be. It's interesting. Could be. Yeah. Man. So fun game. I'm I'm having fun with it. And uh, just to wrap things up, I I have been playing a little bit more of Star Wars Squadrons. So getting ever closer to that hundred percent. Right now I'm at thirty out of forty eight trophies. And I did pop a few more trophies over the weekend. I finally got a couple more online trophies. So just winning uh, 10 ranked fleet battles with uh, both sides. So that's the New Republic, which are the Rebels, and then the Galactic Empire, which are obviously the bad guys. Mm -hmm. So by popping those two trophies, all I'm left with at this point is one online trophy left. So that kind of leaves me in a good position. It's definitely not the easiest, but it is doable, which is one I've already talked about. Destroy a, a thousand starfighters in dogfight matches. Jesus Christ, man. So, I think I, I did play one over the weekend, one dogfight match. Uh, I did, I, I got to be close to like 700 kills. Okay. So, I'm getting close. I just got to put some more time into it. But that kind of like... Gives me a little bit more relief because knowing that that's the only online trophy I need um, compared to everything else, which is pretty much doable in like private matches or just doing story. I feel a little bit better about this game. That's exciting, man. You've been doing that game for a while now. You've been gaming on it kind of off and on. Yeah, I feel like for a couple of years, maybe, or at least a year. Yeah, I went hard on it last year, fell off, and then I kind of just picked it up again this year when I, I joined the boosting session. Yeah. That's when I started to get a little bit more of those online trophies out of the way. But uh, I'm getting pretty close. The story is not really one I'm, like, anxious to get into. I just don't feel like this game really needed one, so that's why I'm not really in a rush to play it. Oh, that, that's so funny because that's, like, the only reason I would play it. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would, would be for the story. <laughs> But I'm a fucking Star Wars nerd, okay? I'm loving Ahsoka you right are. now. Have you watched Ahsoka <laughs> at all? Have you checked that out? Nah, man. I, I know I know you're having fun with this, so that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, it's good. It's good. As far as, like, Disney-era Star Wars, it's one of the better things. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty okay. cool. Okay. Nice. Also, I forgot to mention it at the time, but Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, like, the, the game, obviously, is uh, it's a Square Enix published game as well, just like Final Fantasy sixteen. So guess what, dude? Go buy Final Fantasy 16. You love the developer already, okay? Oh, my God. 
You love the I knew developer he was already. Try to tie that in. That's yeah. ex- that's exactly why I didn't really say much about the combat. Is that there's some parts of it that reminds me of Final Fantasy. Oh, so interesting. My, uh, and you loved it though. Keeping you said, that. You said you loved it, so you love that game and you love the demo. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that <laughs> you like both those a lot. It was intentional, man. I was trying to keep it low key because I, I didn't want you giving me some uh, some weird ideas about this game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel it, man. I feel it. Well, cool, dude. Yeah, you've been playing some more stuff than me, but you're playing some really cool stuff. And also, like, so I before this, I had played Quake 2 and Warhammer Bolt Gun, and each of those was 15 hours, and I've already put 32 hours into Final Fantasy 16. So it's, like, already doubled the amount of time I've spent on the last two games combined. So it's going to be a long one, you know? But my plan right now is to do Final Fantasy 16 first playthrough, RE4 remake separate ways. Final Fantasy 16 second playthrough. Then go back and get the platinum in Final Fantasy 6, okay? Because that would make Assassin's or sorry, get Final Fantasy 6 because then I could make Spider-Man 2 or Assassin's Creed Mirage my 100th platinum. Ooh. And either of those would be a cool milestone to have. So that's kind of what I'm yeah. thinking right now. That that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, exciting times ahead for sure. But yeah, I think that's going to really do it for the episode. One of our shorter ones we've had in recent memory, but still almost two hours. So nothing, nothing to scoff at, you know. But before we get going, Daryl, where can people get in touch with you and where should they find you at? Uh, so you can find me on Discord, on PSN Profiles, and on PlayStation as the Tall Simone Guy. And you can find us on Trophy Talk Pod, where we regularly, sometimes post our trophy updates so check us out on there as well if you're interested in our twitter page yeah that's been slowly and steadily growing i feel bad because i just i've posted all the platinums and hundred percents i've gotten but i just haven't got that many in the last few months so it's just like yeah i'm like ah shit yeah so i'm I'm excited when i post the ff16 one that's gonna be hype I'm, i'm really into that same thing for the separate ways one resident evil community always turns out on on x or twitter <laughs> you know so it's some <laughs> it's some good shit there but yeah follow us at, at trophy talk pod for that We've got some cool stuff going on and you can find me on discord psn profiles playstation xbox league of legends everywhere basically youtube twitch at ck present and we'll be back next time with episode 95 and some trophy list reviews with the three of us. I think that's going to be a banger episode because there's so many cool games coming out by the time we do the next episode. Like the AC Mirage list is going to be out. We're going to have some more inf- information potentially about Spider-Man 2's trophy list. Like it's it's going to be pretty hype. So I'm excited for that one. And thank you very much for listening to the episode, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you in the next one. Happy gaming. Take care. And goodbye.